Welcome back into the Baseball Elite Podcast, a brand new week of fantasy baseball, setting lineups, dealing with injuries, debating if hot streaks are legit or not, and maybe, oh, maybe starting to worry about cold streaks. That is where we are. Good to have you with us here at uh, Elite Fantasy and, and Fantasy Guru and all of our properties and all of our listeners, because not only do the subscribers get to enjoy this early week edition, but Ray Flowers even our uh, freebies get to jump in on the early week edition, download us, and uh, get our thoughts going into a brand new week. How are you doing today, Ray? I'm good, Kyle. Yeah, it's uh, it's good good to start off week number three here of the Major League Baseball season and elite sports betting, elite fantasy, fantasy guru. They, they're all, all three of those are us, like you said, and uh, I know there's a lot of different terms in there, but the bottom line is if you want to do the, the betting aspect, if you want to play the DFS game or you want to play the seasonal, we've got you covered in the family. And on Mondays, as you said, we always do a little bit of fun here uh, for the for everyone, not just the people that are subscribed. Now, let me say right at this point, at this very point of the podcast, if Ray were playing the part of the Miami Marlins and I were playing the part of the New York Mets, Ray, right now we would stop the podcast <laughs> after <laughs> like a week. minute. Yeah, right. And then we'd sit around for two hours right. and then we'd just say, oh, Ray and I are not coming back on the podcast, which is exactly what the Mets and Marlins did yesterday, where they, they had a rain delay. Mm -hmm. They got to two batters and then they suspended the game, which is one of the weirdest and wildest suspensions. I mean, seriously, why start the game if four minutes later you're, you're going to walk back off the field? <laughs> but it was also suspended. Yeah. So the, so the, those those at bats counted. Right? you'll have a one out with a runner at first base come what is that april or august 30th i think they're going to restart the game yeah i saw someone say let's trade Corey dickerson to the Mets so he can have a hit for two teams in the same game it's like guys uh, i don't know what the and there's other teams right well they'll call the game before it even starts and they'll put it in a, in a delay and it doesn't hey, i get that i just don't get yeah. starting it and then like you can look at a radar yeah. Did, did they not see a big glob of dark green coming their way? <laughs> we'll just look up in the sky. You can usually see the clouds coming. I mean, so, yeah, that was a little strange. I agree with you, guys. Uh, needless to say, we're not going to do that. Once we start the uh, Baseball Elite podcast, we, we finish it. We finish what we started. And uh, here is your starting nine for today. We're going to start with, um, who else? Byron Buxton. Like, seriously, the hottest hitter in baseball? Maybe not the hottest, but... The guy that's finally doing it is Byron Buxton. Is this finally the year in 2021? We'll give you our early take there. We'll do a player profile of a man who drove in five, hit a couple of home runs on Sunday. Of course, it was overshadowed by his teammate, J.D. Martinez, who hit three home runs. But Raphael Devers is the subject of our player profile. In the three hole, we'll talk about some hot ads from uh, week two and what were some of the prices that we saw. Of course, a lot of people are searching for relief help, and we did see some heavy bids for some of those relievers. In the four hole, we'll talk in-season managing, and this is important as we begin a brand new week. We're going to talk about locking in and starting players who are questionable. Uh, most notably, you've got a decision with like a guy named Mookie Betts. That's a pretty big name. What do you do with Mookie Betts? We just don't know when or if he's going to play this week. So we'll talk about making that decision. In the five hole, we'll uh, check in on the weekly planner, which you can find over at uh, Fantasy Guru, and uh, we'll hit you some highlights there. And there'll be news and notes in the sixth spot. Going to be joined by Scott Bonder of Elite Fantasy in the uh, DFS strategies piece at seven. We haven't done a ton of DFS here on the podcast, but Scott's going to join us to uh, get you Locked and loaded for that in 2021. The random reference is at eight. The stamp of approval is at nine. So that is the plan. Ray, let us begin with 
one of our favorite topics, not only this year or last year or the year before, but really one of our favorite topics in the fantasy industry for the last half dozen years. Ray, we have to start with Byron Buxton. Now, I know it's 10 days, Ray, but but these 10 days have been really good for Byron Buxton. And the amazing thing, Ray, is even within these 10 days, we have actually seen Byron Buxton miss some time. So remember, he had that illness and he left the game early. So we're, we're getting the true Byron Buxton experience to start the year where he is missing some time. Uh, but man, Ray, when he's on the field, we're seeing it again and what Byron Buxton can do for you. Yeah, I mean, Byron Buxton, just to say it right, that's 18 home runs in what, 42 games? Uh, I mean, look, dude is 27 years old. Okay, he's not, you know, old and decrepit. He's 27. It could still happen for him. And people remember, or maybe they don't at this point, it's been a long time, but he was the number one or number two prospect in baseball. Every position, every team, number one or two prospect in baseball for multiple years, according to everyone. And we've seen flashes of it. We see him run 31 miles an hour and steal a base. We see him glide along the, you know, the outfield and make a diving catch, reminding people of Willie Mays. We see him blasting home runs like he's doing right now. He has immense talent. Not good, not great, immense talent. Can he stay on the field? Like you said, he's already missed time. That is really the key here. He's made adjustments to his swing. He's made adjustments to his body. He apparently is in a really good mental place too, which has got to be something that's been very difficult. I mean, starts and stops and start. He's had to deal with so much over the previous you know six years. It could all come together. We've all said it. This is the year, kind of like Gary Sanchez, Kyle, where the price is as low as it's really ever been. And if you grab Byron Buxton, you might get the payoff in 2021. Yeah, on Sunday, it was a three for four day. It was a two-run homer. It was four more RBIs. Um, he's hitting like 480. I think he leads baseball in slugging and OPS. He's tied for the baseball lead in, in home runs with five. He's up to nine extra base hits. Um, he's thrown in just one stolen base, so I guess we can complain about that. But but even that's good in 2021. I guess the biggest issue here, Ray, is the batting average. Mm -hmm. Because even if he stays healthy, okay, stolen bases, homers, ribbies, especially if they're going to bat him fourth, you know, those things will come. You know, those are going to be. The batting average is kind of the question here, Ray, because even when Byron Buxton has, you know, been on the field, there's never been a batting average here. You know, he's like 240, 250. But here we are with a red hot start, and he's, you know, every play, he, every ball he puts in play is a hit. What is the top level for his batting average? Because I think that's really perhaps the only uncertainty with Buxton. Yeah, right now his expected batting average is 420. So if you look at all the stat cast data, it's lower than his 480, but it's still 420. I mean, the dude has a 73% hard hit rate. You can't do that. Like it's even if for a week and a half, you can't do that. So he's hitting everything on the screws. Obviously that won't continue. And the biggest issue for him has been the batting average component. You're right. Uh, he's never... He's never been a, since that, those first two years, his strikeout rate hasn't been in the danger zone, okay? He's been a 25% strikeout guy the last two years, which is, in you know, today's game, if you're hitting 30 home runs and you're striking out 25% of the time, you're doing pretty well. So it's not necessarily about the strikeouts with him. I think it's about the consistency with him. You know, quite frankly, I think that a lot of this just boils down to that. When you play three out of every five games, it's tough to get in a groove. I would anticipate if he stays healthy, he could hit 260, 270. He definitely has the talent to do that. His walk rate is a little low, so that, you know, he chases, I don't know if chase is the right word, but he expands the strike zone a little bit. That's a little bit of a concern with him. 
His batting average of balls in play is 314 for his career. It's a little surprising it's not somewhat higher because, you know, every two weeks you see a, a clip of him beating something out because he runs so damn fast. So, again, I think he can be not a booster in the category, but I don't think he's a 240 hitter. I think mm-hmm. he could hit 265 relatively easy if he stays healthy. It's not going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. And, and you know, you talk about the K rate. It's 31 appearances uh, at the plate, Ray. But just five strikeouts. It's great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and and I guess that shows how locked in he is. And and I'm not saying that this is the year for Byron Buxton because right now this is this is a prototypical hot streak that good players go on. You know, we're for like two weeks. Every good player does it. Mike Trout does it. Mookie Betts does it. Now Byron Buxton is not to their level because he's never done it for a whole season. But Byron Buxton's a talented dude. Like Ray said, he's he's always been considered an uber talented player. This is a hot streak. He's going to have streaks where he has 30 plate appearances and hits 180 and strikes out 14 times in 30 plate appearances. The problem is just outweighing the bad with the good. And I, I guess that is the question we have with Buxton. I mentioned the batting order, Ray. This Even coming into this year, I kind of thought he was going to be stuck at the bottom with the Twins. Mm-hmm. You know, 8-9, because that's where his home has been. It's extremely different this year. Um, you know, the first game of the year, he was hitting sixth. Um, then Donaldson gets hurt. So that's changed this a bit. And Josh Donaldson is due back. So we'll have to see how Donaldson's return affects things for Buxton. But Ray, even on opening day with Donaldson in there, he was hitting six without Donaldson. He is firmly in the middle of the lineup. I would have to think Rocco Baldelli sees what's going on like all of us. And even with Donaldson back, don't you think Buxton still says like number four, number five in this lineup? Yeah. I mean, there's an old thing in baseball, the superstition, right? Like when something's work, you just, you don't mess with it. You wear the, you put your left sock on first. You don't wash your undershirt, whatever the hell it is. And I, I mean, why would you move Buxton with all of the, the, the issues he's had for his career, the injuries, all the stuff we've talked about, if this is working, leave it alone, just let it be, you know, I, I wouldn't. And I think there's probably a lot of that in the, in the, in the management staff there. I mean, if I'm looking at this lineup right now, get, just get rid of Hori Planco, you know, put Donaldson second, have it be Donaldson, Cruz, Buxton, Kepler, Sano, or whatever. That's a damn tough group of players that, to pitch to. Polanco's just a guy. Drop him down, hit him seventh or whatever. <laughs> I really hope that they do that and they don't do the other thing. And I just, at this point, with the way that Buxton is going, I just don't think they can mess with it, Kyle. He is a red hot. Eight games, 13 hits. He has a hit in every single game going into a new week. And uh, we'll cross our fingers. I, I know I do have shares of Byron Buxton in at least one league. And it's, it's feeling good. And the, and the best part of that, it's a points league. We lose points for strikeouts. I even said on draft day, um, everybody, I'll be uh, offering him up in trades by the end of April. Maybe not now. I, I don't know. I, oh, I, may, I may ride this. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the strikeouts are going to come. Yeah, They're going to come. And, and in a points league, that can hurt you. I know in five by five, who cares? But they're going to come. I, 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 Ray, I don't see that switch really flipping this year. It's good for now. But I don't think suddenly be Byron Buxton is going to be a guy who constantly puts the ball in play and never strikes out. I would say probably not too. But again, he has, you know, in, and I was, they had some video on Baseball Network or MLB Network, excuse me, the other day, and uh, DeRosa was breaking it down, like looking at the swing changes that Buxton has made. You know, he's done leg kicks, he's done toe taps, he's spread out. Like he's he's been searching for this, and it seems like he's finally found it. And if he can just stay comfortable and stay within himself, and that's something. I mean, think about it. You you know, you're the number one prospect in baseball. You know you can't stay on the field. You know every time you're coming back from injury, you got to go. you got to go. You've missed three weeks. You missed a month. If he can just settle and be himself, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he kept it at that 25% level, you know, which is again, in the modern day, that's, that's perfectly acceptable. League average about 23%. Let's move along to the two hole in our starting nine. And officially uh, this is the player profile, but I guess we kind of cheated. We, we, we had to do a Byron Buxton player profile. He's one of the huge topics uh, at this point in the season, but our official player profile is a, another player who's off to a okay start. He's not up there with Byron Buxton when it comes to, you know, batting average or or runs scored, but he had a big Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. In fact, his whole team had a big Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. Going to talk about Raphael Devers and Ray, even with the successful showing on Sunday, a couple home runs, five RBIs. um, It had been a semi slow start, you know, a slow seven or eight games for Raphael Devers. The, The overall numbers are fine. Nothing jumps off the page, but Wanted to talk about him because, you know, Ray, it was it was two years ago at the end of 2019. I, I don't know how many people remember this, but Raphael Devers led baseball the star <laughs> in total bases, like just getting on base and doing damage, doubles, triples, homers, singles. He led all of baseball in the last full season we had back in 2019. And he did that as a 22 year old. 22 years old, and he's beaten Betts, he's beaten Trout, he's beaten Soto, beaten Acuna, 359 total bases. So, you know, the, the hype machine was in effect, Ray, and like a lot of people, 2020 didn't treat him very well. And there was actually a discount on Raphael Devers on draft day here in 2021. And again, it's not a flaming hot start, uh, but Raphael Devers deserves to be discussed. How good is Raphael Devers. To some people, that's still a question, I think. I don't know the answer to this, but how many people have led baseball in total bases in a season and not like been eight-time All-Stars? Like that's, like you're saying, that's not a little number. You know, when you lead all of baseball in total bases, you've done everything. He had 32 homers, he had four triples, he led baseball, 54 doubles, he had 200 hits. I mean, that's a legit season. And you could talk about the Norm Cash efforts. Like there's effort, by the way, he didn't lead the league in total bases the year uh, he went nuts. There's seasons like that that happen, but there's a difference between a breakout season and a superstar season. And 2019 was a superstar season for Devers. And if you look at his production to date, uh, if uh, you take 162 game sample size, and this includes, you know, his rookie season, this includes year two when he stunk, the whole thing. 279, 32 home runs, 107 RBIs, 105 runs scored. And this is for a guy who's 24 years old. And, you know, the numbers in that monumental 2019 season he may never get there across the board again. Cause again, that's a phenomenal season, but two, if he goes 280, 30, 100, 100 year after year, which again, that's what the numbers say he can do. And he's 24. That's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a point if he does that for 10, 12 years and he sticks at third base, his defense a little spotty, right? But he sticks at third base. He'll start getting hall of fame talk. If he does that for the next decade, I think that if you look at the stat cast data, you see a lot of red there, Kyle, the barrel rates, the exit velocity, he, hit, he hits the ball hard. He, he Again, his defense doesn't – he's not great defensively. Yeah, it's pretty bad, actually. Pretty bad, yeah. And there's, so there's rumors about what do we do long-term. And he's not a base guy, you know, stolen base guy. But he's a he can hit 290 with 30 home runs. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And if he did that, you're right. It's not that people would have got a great bargain given the cost, but they would have had a put-together really good team if they waited versus taking some of the other third basemen, you know, two, three rounds earlier. Yeah, and, and those other third basemen, this is a position where there's talent. And and a lot of these guys, the one differential is they can get you a handful of steals. 
you know, like Manny Machado can get you five, 10 steals. Um, you know, Bregman, Rendon, these LeMayhew, these guys can all, and that's the differential. Devers is never going to have that. Um, maybe he's more like Nolan Arenado, Ray, in the fact that you just hope he totals up, you know, 30 plus homers and a hundred ribbies and gets you a good average. Now, Arenado is, is better than that even, but of course that was at Coors Field. Maybe things come back a little more to the Devers level with him moving to St. Louis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think Devers overall, and, and I say, oh, there was a discount. I think back to it, and I guess, Ray, he was still going in the top half dozen, top seven at third base. Everybody kind of had a different order. You know, some people love Bregman. Some people love Rendon. Um, some people were all in on LeMayhew. You know, I kind of, I, I still liked Machado ahead of all of those guys. Arenado, obviously. So he was kind of lost in the shuffle, I feel, because, you know, versus LeMahieu, who was huge last year, Machado, very good. Rendon was good. Devers fell back to the pack with like a Bregman and an Arenado because, Ray, all those guys were coming off down seasons right. last season. But I, th I still felt everybody was a little more in tune with the idea of Bregman and Arenado rebounding than they were with Devers. Yeah, just to compare the two since you, you mentioned their names. For his career, 833 OPS for Devers for Machado. 825. Devers is better than Machado. I mentioned the, the 162 game pace. Let's reiterate it. 279 average, 32 home runs, 107 runs scored. Machado, 280 average, 32 home runs, 91 RBIs. Uh, run scored, 92 runs per 162 from Machado. Devers, 105. Per 162 games, Devers has been slightly better. Now, mm. now he has one season you know, he has one season in 2019, the rest of the time, you know, it's partials or, you know, so Machado's stability factor is off the charts, right? That, and that I'm not saying that you shouldn't have taken Machado ahead of Devers. I'm just saying that per 162 games, the numbers of Machado endeavors, if you just took their names away and said, who's who you wouldn't know they're almost identical. And again, Devers is 24 and he's got that good park to hit in in Fenway. And you know, they, I don't know. I mean, you're right. Third base is interesting because third base had a lot this year, right? And um, you, know, you could even have waited deeper and, and gone for favorites like mine, like Chris Bryant. I mean, there was a lot of talent at that position this year, Kyle. Yeah, and endeavors, it, you know, especially early in the season when you're thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can sneak this guy away from so-and-so in my league. It, it is so much a matter of timing because, like, if you make an offer on Devers, say, Friday, maybe his owner is getting anxious and is saying, you know what, I could use some other things. I'd like to flip Devers for two or three players. But then Sunday happens, and that reminds them what Devers can be. Um, so, you know, that window closes, especially early when we're talking about elite players and, okay, make a move on them. Um, that window can close with one game because their owners usually only need that one big game to remind them what they've got. And Devers gave them that on Sunday. So if you got them, keep them. If you don't got them, I don't know if you're getting them after what he did on uh, Sunday. That is our player profile on Raphael Devers. Moving to the three-hole, let's talk about some hot ads over the weekend. Uh, I guess it was the weekend podcast. We touched on some guys that uh, would draw some bidding, and we kind of gave you our advice on how to bid for those players. And, uh, you know, Ray, we revisit every Monday morning kind of what went down in the league that both you and I are a part of. SiriusXM has a, a host league uh, that Ray and I are competing against each other. It's a 12-team league. It's fairly normal, you know, five by five. So we kind of use that as the de facto uh, example league, if you will. And Ray, we knew this going into the weekend. Uh, Tyler Naquin was going to pull in a lot of bucks. And in that league specifically with a $1,000 fab, 336 bucks for Tyler Naquin. Um, so yeah, they, they went big to get the Cincinnati Reds outfielder. Why? 
I mean, Eating baseball and home runs and ribbies, I guess. So he's going <laughs> to, he's going to become Devers and Machado like, okay. Uh, and I, I always find it interesting. Look at the, the next closest bid was 125. Hmm. So massive overpay, massive overpay. Um, as you said, we, we discussed this and the, the, the negatives with Naquin, you know, his age, his career path, uh, you know, platoon nature of his game. The fact that, you know, a lot of this is because Winker's been down. Like we, we went through this and, you know, would, would I have, if I had a huge need gone 125 out of a thousand? No, there's no way in hell I would have gone 336 though. Hmm. Luke Weaver had a good outing on Sunday. Uh, that probably put in a bid for him. He went for 28 bucks. Corey Dickerson, 57. Louisa Rise at uh, 88. JT Brubaker, uh, $51 there, but probably the biggest thing, right? And this is every league, not just this league is, is going after relievers. Mm -hmm. Um, Emmanuel Classe after the save on Sunday goes for 176. Uh, Lou Trevino, who uh, doesn't have a save, I don't believe. Um, but, but we kind of saw him warming up and we kind of think maybe he's the guy in Oakland over Deakman. He goes for 125. Um, I actually picked up Corey Knable in that league for 54 Alvarado going for 77. So Ray, a lot of money on class a is, is he the guy now in Cleveland after what we saw on Sunday? And just to be clear, I, I am, I and Jeff Manns are sharing a team. I, I'm doing all the work. Um, okay. Yimmy Garcia, we added for 78. Okay. So we got involved in the, the reliever game too. And I basically put 78 on all the relievers. Torino, Garcia, Classe. I have a like, similar, like, could, um, I think Classe was my highest. Like, I put him in the low 60s. Canable, I got him for 54. But I had bids on Trevino, Garcia, Alvarado. Those guys are more in the 40s into the 30s. And and like I said, I wasn't close. But to your point, Ray, and, and this goes to how you bid on guys, you kind of said, hey, I'll take one of these five dudes. Right. And I'll take them for this price. And I did something similar. I'll take one of these five dudes, descending prices, Whomever I get, I, I'm not going to hate it. I, I knew Class A would go high. I didn't really expect to get him, but I put in a bid regardless. Yeah, and um, I, you know, interestingly enough, too, another guy we talked about, Joey Votto. We talked about him. I think it was on the weekend on Sirius. I was talking about putting bid in, like, I mean, not Joey Votto, Johnny Cueto. Excuse me, Johnny Cueto. Uh, what was I saying? I was going to put a bid in on him for like 20 bucks, but the price is going to go up. It went up to 79. So that, that effort quadrupled his, uh, his likely cost. Uh, back to your main question, Clause A, is he the closer? Maybe. I mean, I'm going to write more about the closer situation today at Fantasy Guru. I always do that on Mondays. And I'm going to do a different strategy today with how I write it up. Usually I do the board and, you know, here's the number one, number two, number three. It doesn't work anymore because, let's, let's be honest, teams don't follow it, right? I'm going to do best stuff. I'm going to do most likely to get the saves. I'm going to try to guesstimate that because that's, I think, where we're at. Is Clause A the closer? I mean, it's so funny. It's like, well, he's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's always throwing 100 miles an hour. Who this, is not some, this, is, <laughs> this is not something new that just happened six weeks ago. Like, he's, a, you know, and last year was messed up because of the suspension and everything. But who, who said that he was the guy in the ninth inning coming into the season? And the answer is nobody. No, nobody. Okay, and the reason was because there were two guys ahead of him that we all expected to do the job, and Karen Chack and Whitgren. Now it looks like Clause A is the guy. Okay, what if he has a bout of wildness? What if he has two rough outings in a row? They got two other guys sitting there, including Karen Chack, who everyone thought, everyone thought would be the closer. Karen Chack, who's got a chance to have the all-time highest strikeout rate in the history of baseball. He strikes out 18, per, 18 guys per nine innings, right? So is Clause A the guy right now? Sure. Is he the guy next week? I honestly don't know, Kyle. Hmm. 
So that bid at 176, you have to do that and just take a shot. Um, you know, Trevino is kind of the same thing. Canable, Alvarado, Garcia. Like on the Canable thing, hey, I know Kenley Jansen got the last two opportunities, but I, I don't think when you're playing for the season, it's bad to get a Canable. And and the argument I'll make on that too is, and I think I touched on this, maybe it was on the serious show with you, Ray, but this is one of those daily leagues. And one of the strategies I've employed on draft day was going out and getting ratios and mm-hmm. getting a load of relievers. And with daily leagues, just kind of shuffling relievers in and out, get the strikeouts, maybe getting a save here or there, whip, ERA, all those things. Canable fits that. So yeah, the saves would be nice, uh, but Canable fits me in that league. He's another arm that I can rotate in and you know get some good ratios from. Um, you talked about Yimmy Garcia adding him. Uh, outlook for him, Ray. What do you what do you expect now that he's on your team? What are you kind of hoping for with him? Yeah, good work. Um, I, I don't think, and we talked about this that you know Anthony Bass. Uh, I was never in on quote unquote Anthony Bass. I don't think he profiles as a guy that should work the ninth inning. Uh, I just. You know, I, I thought, and I said that back when, right? This is not revisionist. Uh, Garcia is is a really good pitcher. Is he a, a dominator? Is he a Karen Check type? No, he's absolutely not that kind of pitcher. But as I noted in the relievers to target piece that was written back in February, Garcia was on my list. He was a guy that I was targeting. Now, why didn't I end up with him? Because that's not the way my drafts worked out. But I wanted the the, the readers to know that that was a guy they should be targeting. I think that, quote unquote, he could run away with that job in the ninth inning. Uh, now he only had two saves coming into the season, right? Okay, that's not that's nothing to get excited about. But he keeps the walks in check. He he's taken the ball consistently the last couple of years, uh, and I think that you know he profiles in the Mark Melanson zone, right? Which is hey, look, you give this guy the opportunity. I think he can ex- ex- have success in it. But if he's not working the ninth inning, to your point. He's not a guy that's, you know, striking out 12 per nine. So there's less value to him. There's so there's a little bit elevated risk with him. You know, what's interesting in that league, Ray, and this leads us to our fourth spot in the starting nine. Um, As far as I can tell, and yeah, this is true. um, Zach McKintry, McKinstry, Mm -hmm. does anybody have him in this league? I don't think anybody does and nobody picked him up. Um, which the reason I bring him up, Ray, is because in the four hole, we're talking about in-season managing, and this specifically talks about a situation, you know, the Dodgers are facing and that fantasy owners are facing. It's the idea of, okay, you're setting your lineup on a Monday, start of a week. Do you lock in a player like Mookie Betts? Uh, Mookie Betts has missed the last three games with a back injury. Uh, we keep getting the day-to-day stuff. Uh, the Dodgers don't play Monday, so we probably won't get anything truly official until Tuesday. But, Ray, that's after you lock your lineup. So, you know, this idea, and it's a big one this week with bets. What do you do with a guy like him? Do, do you lock him in? Do you play him? I Here's where I stay. He's a superstar. He's a stud. Um, I'm locking him in. Even if I get like three or four games out of Mookie Betts, I think it's worth it. McKinstry is available. He's on the waiver wire. He's played three games at second, seven in the outfield, that flexibility. Uh, they play at home against Colorado and then on the road against San Diego this week to the Dodgers. Uh he, he's not some, I mean, if you're in that, if you play the short-term game, you know, you're going to go spend $10 out of your thousand. Yeah, go for it. Like he's totally fine to do that. Are you expecting him to start for you on May 15th? Well, if he is, the Dodgers are in trouble. So <laughs> yeah, be cautious with that. Uh, and only league's totally different. Uh, but I agree with you on the bet scenario. It, this is tough though, because you, like you said, we don't have a Monday game for them. So it is very possible that they're using today to decide, you know, um, with bets, you know, and we're, we're going to be about what halfway into this 10 day thing. If, if they, you know, 
choose to put him on the injured list by the time Tuesday comes around. I would lean toward playing him too. And I, and I think, you know, if you were, if you're the person who went out and picked up Taylor, Tyler Naquin, then put Naquin in, right. He's hot wow. enough that you can make the move, but there's very few players that I would feel comfortable playing over bets, even with the uncertainty right now, of whether or not he's going to be active. And, and my gut tells me Ray that, you know, he hasn't played since what last Thursday, I guess it was last Wednesday now, because yeah. I think they had an off day Thursday. Um, and then the Friday game, Saturday, Sunday, off day today. So we're talking about almost a week off or at least five days for Mookie Betts. I, I feel like he's probably out there. If this were something like they would have IL'd him already, kind of like they did with Bellinger. Makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I, I think they kind of, you know, on Friday, they made the decision with Bellinger. And I think they made the same decision with Betts. We'll give him the weekend off. We'll fire him up next Tuesday. So, you know, that's the way I'm reading it. Uh, I, I don't have any super insight. You just sometimes have to look at the scheduling of these decisions, Ray. And mm-hmm. I think if you're, you know, if you do the Bellinger thing, it's like, well, that a decision was probably made on bets that same day. And they said he should be able to play in the next half week or so. That sounds totally fair to me. Yeah, I, I would read it the same way. Now, you never know. That's the issue, right? You never know what these teams are really doing. But that's how I would read it. I agree with that. Uh, let's go to our weekly planner, uh, Rob Povia over at uh, fantasy guru puts this together and it usually goes up every Sunday morning. We had Rob on our uh, podcast, I guess two weekends ago. And we kind of talked about his goals with this, uh, with this uh, write up. And for anybody who's in the season long play or even DFS for, for anything, you should check this out every week. And I think on Mondays, we're going to throw you just a few uh, spotlighted things that Rob brought up first off on the scheduling this week. Uh, we have a full slate of baseball this week, which you know, I'd argue we haven't really had for the first 10 days or so, but this week, uh, 18 teams have a seven game schedule. And I think the other 12 are all sitting at six game schedules. So a lot of baseball is scheduled for this week. Um, within that Ray, one thing he brings up is, uh, Michael Conforto. Uh, Michael Conforto is a guy off to an ice cold start. Uh, but Ray, this week, the Mets, they not only have a seven-game schedule, but the Mets also are set to face seven right-handers. This should be the week Michael Conforto gets going, I think. Yeah, they dropped him to six in the lineup, didn't they, in that game that didn't really get played but got played? Um, so there's a little concern with his spot in the order, but when you talk about seven games, when you talk about all right-handers, it lines up for party time. And, you know, Rob's article is great. People should be reading it every week. He updates it throughout the week. Uh, It's not just he puts it up on Sunday. He will go in there and, you know, when there's pitching changes that are made and stuff, that MLB weekly preview piece. But, yeah, I think Conforto, even with the struggles to date, um, the schedule lines up so beautifully. Like, even if you draft a Conforto, are you benching him? Like, what are you doing? Are you going to put McKinstry in there for him? Like, what are you doing? So I think you got to play him regardless. But that matchup uh, like that you laid out there looks really tasty for the slugger of the Mets to get going. Let me let me make it sound even better. And 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 why do we bring up Conforto? Because I don't, and Ray doesn't want anybody benching him. Um, they also play at Colorado. Yes. So <laughs> this is the and, and Ray, we were talking about Devers, how one day can change everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can get a quick turnaround on a trade, you know, you need some outfield help instead of spending 350 bucks on Tyler Naquin. Maybe go out and make a trade on Michael Conforto this week. Yeah, or trade someone your $300 fab budget and just get Conforto. Yeah, I mean, do leagues do that? Some leagues do. I think you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, but that's do. mainly kind of a – it's a tout wars thing. Tout wars does. Yeah. Tout wars allow it? Yep, it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I, I mean, I love – I know how people are. I mean, if you had a league where you could do that, I'm sure that you could throw money at people and give it an opportunity. You could make that exact case. Well, Tyler Aikwood's hitting, you know, 1950 and – 
this is what he goes. Let's go get uh, Conforto. But anyway, um, yeah, Conforto is is primed for a breakout to get him back to the levels that we were expecting entering the season. A couple of other things from that piece that Rob put together. Um, Houston looks pretty tasty this week. Uh, Detroit and Seattle. That's that's a pretty nice setup for them to get some offense and some pitching. Uh, two start pitchers. Uh, you know, just throwing these out there. We kind of broke this down over the weekend, but some names that. Might pop up on your screen as possibilities just to give you the rundown. But Matthew Boyd has a couple of starts for Detroit at Houston at Oakland. Uh, Dane Dunning of the Rangers at Tampa versus Baltimore. John Means against Seattle and at Texas. Might consider Ryan Yarbrough has uh, kind of a bit of a slow start, but he's got Texas and then a trip to the Yankees. And then also Dallas Keuchel uh, with a two-start week. He's got Cleveland and Boston. A lot of big names with two starts as well. Cole, Bieber, uh, Giolito, Nola. Darvish Bauer. So if your rotation has not gotten off to the start, you would like, uh, and you still have these big horses, you're going to get those horses twice this week. A lot of big names going twice there. Moving to the sixth spot in our starting nine, get you up to date on some MLB news and notes, starting with the uh, angels uh, yesterday on Sunday, Anthony Rendon uh, sitting out, they call it a minor growing injury. Now that game was not played uh, between the blue Jays and the angels, but Rendon was out with the growing injury. Uh, that may take another day or two, but they say it's minor. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, the more notable news with the Halos Ray is probably Dexter Fowler. And in the fantasy game, who cares? Dexter Fowler. But he's now done for the season with a, a torn ACL in his knee. And Ray, we, we have to start thinking, I guess, about Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh. Now, there's nothing immediate. Uh, neither guy's been called up. Uh, Angels are going to try to make do with what they currently have in the outfield. But you have to think maybe in the next couple of weeks, we could see Adele or Marsh in the big leagues. We could. And the interesting thing is I've gotten a lot of questions about this. It's the right question to ask, right? Like who steps in and whatever. Everyone's assuming it's Adele. Is it Adele? Is he going to be the first guy? I don't know. I mean, we've talked about him previously on the podcast. The fact is that, you know, he was forced into playing time and he wasn't ready for it last year. She wasn't. He was overmatched. Uh, He looked terrible. And, you know, he came into camp this year and he looked better, which, you know, credit to him, of course. Right. But he's still a young guy with lack of experience and, you know, coming off a really wonky effort. We don't know what these guys are doing away from the team. That's been an issue, right? Because there's no minor league games going until till May. Um, we don't know where, where the team's mindset is. They could go with Marsh instead. They just think he's more ready today because there was a lot of talk. And some people were surprised by this because people thought, well, maybe Adele would make the Angels. There was a lot of talk about, you know, especially from Joe Madden, that he's just not ready, right? He mm-hmm. needs time. We need to give him some time and a couple of months down in the minors to find his game, to get his confidence, because everyone thinks he'll be a, a hit long term. So I don't know. I mean, I think Adele is the natural pivot, Kyle, but I'm not sure it's him. And even if it is him, I'm not going to go, you know, with like an Aquin situation, I'm not going to go and spend 300% or 30% of my budget to add a guy if he wasn't drafted in Adele who has immense talent who looked so overmatched last season. Well, and, and unfortunately, Ray, we're probably a day late on this, but, you know, if I if I were doing some bidding, I had outfield issues. You know, last night's the night to maybe make a bid on Marsh and Adele. I mean, you don't, you don't get immediate help. You just don't. But believe me, if those two, if one of those two guys, whoever it was, Adele or Marsh, if they had been called up Sunday afternoon, in, in a waiver process, Ray, they're going into the hundreds mm-hmm. because people would get excited. Since they weren't, you probably could have got those guys for like 20, 25 bucks, maybe less out of your $1,000 budget. 
Um, so maybe something to think about next week. You know, who knows where the weeks take us and, and if Adele's called up or Marsh is called up. But, Ray, if you, if you have outfield help or if you're interested in those guys and you're able to stash, and that's a lot of ifs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, like, now's the time to add them because their bri- they're price skyrockets once we hear the news. Yeah, Tyler Naquin, you would have could have been a zero on Tyler Naquin <laughs> in the first thing. God, I'm right. Like, and now we're talking about it. You're totally right. You always want to be proactive if you can Always be proactive if you can, uh, because when once once the player hits, this goes with the bullpens too. In particular, you had the relievers this week for three percent of your budget. Next week, it's going to be one hundred eighty percent, right? So, if you can be proactive, that is absolutely the way to be. Couple of other things uh, on the injury front: Christian Yelich left Sunday with a, a lower back issue. He's listed day to day. We told you about Josh Donaldson. Uh, the expectation, and who the hell knows with Donaldson, let's be honest, but the, the hope is Monday or Tuesday that he's back out there. Robbie Ray is going to debut Monday night. I will say, Ray, I was in a daily league where I could start Robbie Ray, and I said, hell no, as he's against the Yankees and against Garrett Cole. I'll, yes. I'll like see what the first result is before I make that move. Kind of the anti-Michael Conforto there in terms of the matchups. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I'll a good just, choice. I'll let him sit on the IL yes. for another start. I, hey, if he goes out and throws seven shutout innings, God love him. I won't be upset. I'm kind of thinking with my brain there. Um, other guys back. It looks like Josh Bell, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Harrison, all those guys were dealing with the COVID issues with uh, Washington. Could be cleared before Monday night. They're certainly expected to be cleared early this week. Uh, Miguel Cabrera on the IL with a biceps issue. Uh, Reato Nunez called up by the Tigers. And then Jorge Alfaro uh, could land on the IL with a hamstring issue. He's missed the last three or four games for the Marlins. Um, at the catcher position, that uh, would be a quote-unquote hit, I guess, because there just aren't many catchers. Uh, but Alfaro, you'll have to see that on the hamstring. Uh, moving along, let's go to the seventh spot in the order, and it's time now to bring in another guest here on the Baseball Elite Podcast to talk a little DFS. Uh, obviously, with the podcast uh, you know, set up and with three shows a week, Ray and I spend a ton of time on the yearly game and the week-by-week decisions that you have. But obviously in 2021 and really over the last half decade, the DFS game has taken off. So we thought we'd spend a little time today talking about, you know, some strategies, some of the basics. Um, I think every year new people are showing up to the world of daily fantasy sports. And uh, we've got a good one for you today. Joining us from Elite Fantasy, Scott Bondar is uh, with us here. And uh, Scott, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on. Yeah, let, let, let me start, Scott, because um, I think this is the this has got to be the starting point before we talk about the, the nuts and bolts of DFS. But, you know, it, it, I guess we're not talking to the person who's going to play DFS once out of every three weeks. You know, they're on a Saturday and they're throwing down a three dollar game and that's their only game for the month. And this speaks to my first question for you. Before you start playing or you start a new year, it's kind of like, what are you trying to do with this? Is this truly a hobby? Are you trying to make some cash or are you wanting to to put a ton of effort into it? You almost need to understand what kind of player you want to be before you decide, you know, how do I have success in DFS? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, For me, you know, I think it started out as a hobby. Um, It definitely was something that, you know, I've always loved sports. Um, and having the opportunity, especially fantasy baseball and fantasy football, but to do it every day in baseball is a lot better than kind of paying $25 for your league and then half the people quit half through the season. So having a daily grind and a daily opportunity to watch baseball, have an excuse to watch more games um, is one of the reasons why I got attracted to DFS. Um, 
you know, I started, I think in 2013, you know, when all the advertisements were coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've been bombarded by everybody winning, you know, so much money, but, um, I think it, to me, the passion grew even more when I started writing. I think I enjoyed the writing even more to kind of gave me more motivation to play um, because you kind of get deep into the, the statistics and kind of seeing what, what things work and what don't work. And rather than, um, you know, just kind of watching the games. And I think that's what's gotten me more addicted to uh, the, the, um, the daily fantasy. At Fantasy Guru, uh, we've got a section. If people go to the site and they hover over the draft guide tab, uh, on the bottom right, we'll have drop-down menu, MLB DFS strategy. And we've got a couple of articles there written by Jeff Manns. And basically, they fall into two categories, Scott. So let, let's take them one by one. Uh, we've got an intro to the game, and then we've got a cash game strategy piece. Talk to us at the top about the difference between cash games and GPP. People hear these names and numbers and I mean, these names thrown out. And if they know what we're talking about, it's simple. If they're new to it, help them out, help them understand the difference between a cash game and a GPP game. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, your, your cash games are your 50 fifties, your head to heads. Um, you, you basically have to beat 50% of the field. So if there's 10 people in there, you have to beat six or five. Um, and you basically double your money. Um, we have double ups, triple ups. Um, those games are, are, in my opinion, you know, when I first got into it, I was like, no, I'm not going to play these games. But I, I, you know, I kind of go with what Jeff is talking about. You know, if you read the articles or you hear him on the, on his um, on his show, you want to build your bankroll. And that's the best way to do it. You know, you can't really jump into the GPPs, which I'll get on in a second and expect to walk out of there a millionaire instantly. Um, but building bankroll, kind of getting used to your games is the best way to play. And, you know, your cash games lack of a better word i wouldn't say they're easier but they're more more for the uh the common player especially if you're starting out and i think it's the safest way you build confidence that way too you know it's always good to get small victories in life i think that that goes a long way like um getting one or two wins a week opposed to maybe just you know one a month in gpps um it, it's a lot better so i mean for cash games um, I mean, if you want me to dive into like the main points for them is focusing on your, your safe pitchers, your pitchers with the best floor. Um, you want to go from, you know, you want to look who, what site you're on DraftKings and FanDuel do different things. DraftKings, you're more worried about pitchers that don't give up a lot of hits. Um, you want pitchers that don't give up a lot of walks. So the whip is a big factor into it which again, goes over to the seasonal games. Feel if you, you're familiar with your whip each week, you know, you kind of can figure out which pitchers are the best there. Um, and then also strikeouts are big. Um, obviously strikeouts are more points. Quality starts is on FanDuel. So there's a lot of different factors on, on, on cash games, but you want to, you want the safe pitchers, you know, your big name guys, um, guys in better matchups, um, guys that you would normally stream in seasonal, you know, you would hope that you would get two solid starts out of these guys. Um, as far as GPPs, these are the ones that, you know, you're looking at making a big day. You're looking to hopefully pay off your house, pay off your student loans, <laughs> take, take a vacation to Aruba, um, you know, hang out with uh, whoever, uh, you know, down in the islands. And, and these games are high risk, high reward. I mean, there are games that will go as, as many as 30 or 40,000 people in a group, um, and they'll have 150 opportunities to, to make a lineup. Um, you know, your millionaire maker for, for NFL is a GPP. Um, 
and these we have outstanding guys at elite i mean that that are that are, that's their 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 life you know their life is running i mean like brian healy ricky sanders um ben hancock those guys are that's their that's their job like they they do that um you know elite wise you know in lack of a better word um but those games are are you know to me i think it's fun to play those and it is obviously exciting to, to win a couple hundred dollars every now and then but if you're starting out cash games has got to be the way to go um to maintain your interest and also maintain that bankroll we're talking to scott bonder here on the podcast and, he, and he's mentioned the term elite and that's right Kyle and I and Scott all work for the Elite Sports family. Um, EliteFantasy.com is where you can find Scott's work. EliteFantasy.com, that's the DFS component of our company. Uh, Scott, talk to us about bankroll. You mentioned bankroll management. Give a little bit more detail in that because I've experienced this from people. Hey, I've got 150 bucks, and two weeks into this, they're out of money and they're done, right? Talk to us about the right way to manage that bankroll. Sure. Yeah. So I do. I've, I've learned um, from one of the previous companies I was working at before I came to Elite. It was a like 20% GPP, 80% cash games. So if we make it simple, we have $100 in our bankroll tonight. We're going to play 80% of that in cash, 20% of that as throughout the season um, in um, GPPs. Um, one easy one thing to do would be you would play a $10. Um, 100 man contest, and then you would play two $5 100 man contest. And basically what you're trying to do is the 100 man contest is a GPP and the other ones are cash games. So essentially you're trying to basically double up with the cash games and try to increase your odds of um, winning the GPP. It did kind of kind of sound confusing there, but um, <laughs> but what you're trying to do is, is you're essentially just trying to double up your money Long story short, uh, the least amount of money in your uh, GPPs that you can afford, which I would say 20% of your bankroll, um, even less if you're starting out. Um, but most of your stuff should be going to cash games. You know, Scott, uh, pitching is so critical when when you're you're making these lineups. And, you know, for the yearly game, it's more difficult. Uh, how about for the daily game? What, what are the things you look at when you're choosing for pitchers? Because they, they do all have different salary costs. And, you know, the big names cost more. The little names cost less. We all know that. But what what are, like, the, the items, the stats, the analysis that really turns you on to a pitcher versus turning you off to another? Well, I mean, the main thing is is the matchup. I mean, we got, uh, you know, your strikeouts, the team that you're facing, the strikeout percentages. Um, we saw how bad the Rangers were on um, Saturday. They are one of the worst teams in, in, in Major League Baseball as far as striking out. So odds are that pitcher that's facing them is going to have a lot of strikeouts. So I look at that. Um, ballparks, me, I'm a big home run guy. So the ballparks make a big difference. Um, you know, there are friendlier uh, pitching parks and they're obviously friendlier hitting parks um so that makes a difference too obviously you odds are you're not going to play a, a coors uh pitcher in a cash game be more of a gpp because expectations of runs being um scored in that game um i also look at sierra um it's one of the newer statistics i also look at uh the splits um typically uh managers are smart enough to do the lefty righty splits I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but the last couple of years, it seems like lefties and lefties are not really a, a thing anymore. And, you know, it mm -hmm. seems like the lefties are now hitting lefties more. So um, splits is something I take it for a grain of salt. So maybe if there's a particular um, pitcher that just happens to dominate right-handers or happen to dominate left-handers, I'd go that way. Um, 
but it, it's it's almost like a potpourri of of things. And a lot of times too, it's salary. You know, sometimes you can't pay up for a Garrett Cole or a Zach Granke, so you have to kind of look lower because you maybe you want to put the bats in there. So um, every day is different, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I do like daily because you can have a bad day today and then have two, three great days in a row, um, and just kind of like move on. You know, from from your Scott, let's talk about today. Um, it's a huge slate today. Tons of names. And since we're talking pitchers, you got a name or two uh, that you're either interested in or, or shying away from based upon those matchups, based upon cost. Talk to just a little bit about a couple of names on the Hill, if you would. Yeah, I think I think uh, Glass now is going to be the top guy, whether it be GPPs or cash. Um, if you're playing DraftKings, you have to pick two. Um pitchers so in order for to just get him you're going to probably have to pay down um i do like uh you know chase anderson i think the mets have like the fourth worst strikeout rate on the slate um you know he's definitely more of a gpp play um and granky is that granky i think jeff wrote him up in his article too granky i think has a good match up tonight too against um oakland i believe they're playing are there any bats that uh, jump off the page to you, Scott? Uh, because again, we got a dozen games. Uh, there, there is no uh, Colorado tonight, so <laughs> we don't have that. But are there any bats that look good to you? Oh yeah, Granky's playing against the Tigers. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, the Houston Astros definitely. Um, Casey Mize, you know, he, even him being the number, what is he, number two draft pick overall? I, I, you know, he hasn't kind of turned that corner yet. Um, gives up a lot of home runs and, you know, Houston has the fans down there rooting them on and they've been pretty hot the last couple of days. Um, so I like the bats of Houston tonight. Um, I think I was looking at, uh, particularly again, the Yankees, um, are always in play, uh, just basically against, uh, I don't know how long Ray's going to be pitching tonight, um, with him Mm -hmm. coming back from an injury. So you obviously have an opportunity to face the bullpen too. And that bullpen has been, you know, down there pitching in the rain too. So yeah. that game makes it in. We'll be fine. Um, I think that was those are the two main areas I was looking at. Um, I do like St. Louis again too against uh, Freed. He might only pitch a couple innings too. He's he's replacing uh, Corbin tonight. But um, those are the three teams I was looking at. You know, initially when I was kind of screwing. But yeah, we have a lot of games tonight, which is yeah. weird for Monday. A lot of work to do, and uh, of course, even when you do it in the afternoon, you get these lineups together, you get your stacks built, you like your pitchers, then we have to await the lineups, and that can always change things, too, on the DFS slate. Uh, Scott Bondor with us uh, here on the Elite Podcast. Again, EliteFantasy.com is uh, our DFS locale, and uh, Scott and the crew are breaking it down every day, multiple articles every day, too. They have cheat sheets and ownership uh, percentages because that pays it plays a big part and certainly a gpp um, so check it all out elitefantasy.com scott thanks for jumping on board and kind of running through some basics and uh, maybe getting a few folks interested as we uh, go into the late april month so we'll talk to you down the road okay buddy hey thanks kyle right have a good day guys Yep, Scott Bondar joining us uh, here on the Baseball Elite podcast and uh, Ray we should note even though you and I have a fairly uh, sturdy background in the yearly play uh, you and I are also uh, pretty involved I guess you would say in the DFS world now because you and I each day are visiting with guys like Scott and other writers from Elite Fantasy 
uh, breaking it down with a live stream each and every day of the weekdays, uh, Monday through Friday from five to uh, about 6.30 each night. Yeah, and uh, we're basically hitting on mostly baseball at this point, but we're also touching on basketball and hockey and golf. Like last week, we talked Masters on that. So like you said, from 5 to 6.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday, it's you and I. Uh, I'm on Tuesday, Wednesday. You're on the other three days. Uh, and we talk to the staff and, and go through it all. We talk weather. We talk matchups. GPP, cash game, all that stuff over to Elite Fantasy. And I don't know. I've, I've thrown the, the code out here multiple times. I don't know if it still works. I honestly didn't check this morning. Blue 10, blue one zero. You can try it for a discount. Um, don't tell them if it works because it's supposed to not be if working. It doesn't anymore. just bother Ray all yeah, day just, with his yeah, password or something. Right, just bother me. <laughs> uh, but you could try that too. But yeah, it's it's really a wonderful website. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're part of it. Hopefully the, the people will enjoy you know watching what we do too. And you know, Elite Fantasy's got basketball, it's got baseball, it's got MMA, PGA, esports, NASCAR. I mean, it's all it's all over there. Football when it comes up. So uh, I want to encourage people to check that out. And if you want to see Kyle and I, not just hear us, if you want to see us, we're on that live stream on video every day. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it every day because it can get overwhelming to look at me and Ray that much. But nah, nah, I kid. But uh, the video is there, so it's a little different for us as well. Uh, moving to the eight hole, Ray, we uh, close things down with our uh, random reference and our stamp of approval. Starting at number eight with the random reference, we head to baseballreference.com. We go to the frivolities section and we click random pages. And how about that? I always love when I click once and I get somebody we can use. Uh, Francisco Cordova pitcher for the pirates back in the uh, mid to late 90s i actually do remember this name right Th these were in the early days of my uh, fantasy baseball playing you know mid 90s or so and uh cordova was a guy who from 97 to 98 ray 24 victories uh the era was like three and a half uh the whip was you know one two five league average check out the innings like a guy like francisco cordova ray 220 innings in oh. 1998 he, he he might be better than Jake DeGrom or Garrett Cole. 220 innings. We, we never see that in 2021. You said Cordova. I was really hoping it was Marty Cordova, by the way. Uh, no, the other. He had yeah. a good run in the mid-90s, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love when you look at Francisco Cordova over on Baseball Reference, the logo on his hat. It's the, <laughs> it's the old pirate with the bats and everything. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. that, that it's, it's a different era when a guy that the listeners probably don't even really remember and if you look at his numbers, they're solid, right? But he's really kind of just a guy throwing 220 innings in a season. And that, you know, that's and he his is the year before that he threw 178, and you know his career didn't last very long. It's only five years, but you know his his ERA was was right was better than the league average, and you know he gave the the Pirates team you know, some solid innings throughout those seasons. You know, you, you the other thing that's not like 2021, right? Is if he threw 220 innings this year, we'd love him. Oh my gosh, look at all the innings, but. Here's the other side of that coin. We would probably call him a total junk baller because he had 157 Ks yeah. in those 220. <laughs> that's, that's, that's only two and a half innings below the league average, two and a half batters below the league average. Excuse I me. mean, yeah. nowadays, I don't even know who to compare him to, Ray, because everybody gets more strikeouts. Marco Gonzalez. How about okay, that? Okay, Marco Gonzalez. At best, Marco <laughs> Gonzalez, I guess, is what we'd have with Francisco Cordova. Uh, let's go to our nine-hole, Ray, the stamp of approval. Uh, something that I guess over the weekend uh, you say, yeah, this is cool. This is good. Uh, what, what gets your stamp of approval today? You know, I'm going to go really simple here. I'm just going to say the beach. 
Um, we went up to Fort Funston, which is just outside of San Francisco. Well, it's, I guess maybe it's in San Francisco. It's right on the edge if it's not. Um, it's, a, it's a park where you can let your dogs off the leash. It's like the only one around. And it's a huge beach. The beach is probably, you know, 250 feet wide. And it just goes for a couple miles down. And, you know, dogs running everywhere. People having fun. Everyone's in a good attitude. Just go to the beach. I, I just, it kind of refreshes me, Kyle. And I just, I stood out there and stared at the water for like five mm-hmm. minutes. I didn't see any sharks, unfortunately, because, you know, it's a little close to shore there. But uh, just go to the beach. The smells, the sounds, all that. I really like it. Ray, I beat you to the punch on this. Last week, we booked a trip to the beach for October. So, yeah, we're oh, looking nice. forward to it. We'll, we'll hopefully be heading to the beach. My stamp of approval, um, and this is a personal stamp of approval. Ray, I'm going to give my stamp of approval to being predictable. Ooh. Me, myself, being predictable. What yeah. I mean by this is on Saturday, we're visiting my sister. And um, she knows I am so predictable. That, and she was having fun. She has enjoyed it. And her kids, you know, were playing with, with my son. And my wife was over. It was a good time and everything. Um, and I'm so predictable, Ray, that at some point in the night, she said, you know, if you guys came over here, it'd, it'd be a lot of fun. You should come over here more often. And she said, maybe I'll just go buy you alcohol and you'll come over here more. You know, you'll have your own stash here at my house nice. and, and maybe you'll participate in, in coming over. I mean, I live like literally five minutes, less than five <laughs> minutes. So she went out and because I'm so predictable, Ray, bottle of Crown Royal, it's now in my personal stash at my sister's house. So we'll see if it works. I, 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 I think I go over there maybe once every three or four weeks. Like I see her more than that, but to go over to her house and hang out, we'll we'll, we'll see over the next few months if that changes. Um, now there may come a point where she's so tired of me coming over to indulge in my crown royal that she ceases buying it for me, and then I, I won't be over at all. So we'll just have to see how it works. I'll, I'll continue to update you on that through the summer. I have a question for you before we leave the podcast here, Kyle. Are you going to take like a ruler and measure it? Is there a chance? Of, she, no, she has yeah. no interest in it. Oh, okay. She's got okay. Zero. She's got bottles there, Ray, that have been there literally for decades. Okay. She had a bottle of Crown Oil that was unopened, and I looked at it and said, you don't want to open this. This thing's probably worth money. <laughs> you know, this right. is when we're desperate that, right, that we right. open this thing. <laughs> okay. but no, I, I don't worry about her uh, snitching any of or, or sneaking away any of my stuff. Okay. Now, our kids, who knows? But <laughs> I, kid, I kid, they're not even teenagers, so <laughs> that hasn't become a part of their world. Uh, Ray, good stuff today. Uh, again, big thank you to everybody who listened. Obviously, our subscribers. Today is the freebie uh, that's available wherever you get podcasts. And if you'd like more of Ray and I, uh, midweek or, or even the weekend, uh, just join up. Go to Fantasy Guru, Elite Fantasy, sign up, and, and you get all the podcasts. We do three a week. We, we do the live stream. So we're busy guys there. Ray, as we head out the pod door, where can our listeners find you? They can find me on Twitter at Baseball Guys. They can find me on Instagram at the Ray Flowers. Uh, you can find me at Fantasy Guru in the chat room. It's open 24 hours a day. Uh, Rob Povey is there for an hour at noon, I think, on Wednesdays. I'm there for an hour at 5 o'clock Eastern on Fridays. So you can leave a question anytime. Uh, but those two times we're sitting there for the hour. And then, as Kyle mentioned, you can find us over at EliteFantasy.com as well, doing that live stream 5 to 6.30 every day, helping people set their lineups for the DFS game. As for me, uh, remember, I'm predictable. You know where I'm going to be, hanging out at my sister's. I'm, I'm, I'm digging the place now. <laughs> That'll do it for us. Uh, that does it for the podcast. Hopefully, we did it for you today. We'll see you midweek right here on the Baseball Elite Podcast. 